This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. Goes to walk through any believer, any believer. Ananias was a layman. He wasn't an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. He was just a disciple. He was just a believer. And Jesus appeared to him. And Jesus gave him a word of knowledge of where Saul of Tarsus was. And gave him a word of wisdom of what Saul of Tarsus' future was going to be like. And he had a manifestation of special faith. Just as a layman. So any spirit-filled believer is a candidate for gifts of the spirit to walk through. Now, later on in that chapter, we see another... Still talking about the things often pertaining to the Holy Ghost. You see a list of ministry gifts. Verse 27 says, Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. 28, And God had set some in the church. Firstly, apostles. Secondarily, prophets. Thirdly, teachers. After that, miracles. Then, gifts of healings. Helps. Governments. Diversities of tongues. Then he said, Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Are all the gifts of healings? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? But covetousness is the best gifts. Yet show unto you a more excellent way. Now, that other list is a list of ministry gifts. Now, the same gifts of healings that is a manifestation of the Holy Ghost that can flow through any spiritual believer as the Spirit of God wills and as the need arises, there are some people who are now endowed in ministry and they will now have it as a faculty operating consistently through them. It goes with the office of the evangelist, but it's not limited to that office. Amen. So, just so we know that, one of the manifestations of the Holy Ghost for healing, one of the ways through which healing can be received. Does that belong to the church? It does. Is that for us today? It is. Should we be open to such manifestations? We should. We should. I was in a meeting. Strange. Suddenly, I was asked to just come say a word. And then the Lord said to me, there's somebody here, his daddy has epilepsy. He's healed. So I got up, I said, there's someone, I just blotted it out. Four years after, a young man walks up to me and says, do I remember that meeting? I said, which meeting? Where you said this reminded me of it. He said it was his dad. He said he had epilepsy. He had seizures. If he, he had some medication, he had to be taken. If he went without his medication for one week, he would start having seizures. The man told me, he said it's been four years now. His dad hasn't needed the medication and hasn't had a seizure. Obviously, something happened. He was healed. Amen. So the Holy Ghost can do stuff like that. He can do stuff like that. There was one time I was preaching, and then right in the middle of a sentence, I just heard him tell me that someone just got healed of ulcer. So I blotted it out. I said, someone just got healed of ulcer. I continued preaching. It happened that it was my cousin. He had had the ulcer since he was young. I knew of it. When we'll go to, their, to spend holidays with them, long, long vacation, you know, I knew he had the ulcer. Now, he was schooling, so he was around a lot. Then I suddenly noticed some weeks after that, he was eating things he shouldn't be eating. So I asked him, what happened? He said, do I remember that meeting? I said, which meeting? When I said there, I said, oh, I remember. He said, well, he wasn't using his faith. It wasn't like he was believing for the healing. I said, I wasn't either. <laughs> so it wasn't my faith. It wasn't his faith. It was just the Holy Ghost. Amen. He can do stuff like that. As the need arises and as he sees fit. But this is the deal. You don't want to wait on that. It may happen, it may not happen. And then those things work more as a means of supernatural advertisement for the gospel. Especially among the lost. And they work a lot for baby Christians. 
But when people have had time and opportunity and some exposure to God's word, he expects them to use their faith. Now, that gets me to the seventh and best method of receiving healing. The seventh and the best method of receiving healing. What's that? By knowing and acting on the word of God. Knowing and acting on the word of God. That's the best method. There's no better method than that. You don't need to pray. Have some, now, don't take that out of his context and say, well, that fellow in Rhema said we don't need to pray. No, don't take that out of his context. I mean, you don't need to pray for the healing. Is it scriptural to pray for healing? It is. But you don't even have to. You don't need to have anybody lay hands on you. You don't need to be anointed with oil. But just by knowing in your spirit, Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5, surely he has borne our griefs, literal Hebrew sicknesses or diseases, and carried our sorrows, literal Hebrew pains, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Matthew 8, 17, that he might be fulfilled. Which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. Saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. 1 Peter 2, 24. Who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree. That we being dead to sin shall live unto righteousness. By whose stripes ye were healed. You see, if we will know that in our spirit, like we know that 2 plus 2 is 4, and 3 times 3 is 9, and we know it in the same way in our hearts, amen, then if the devil tries to put sickness on you, you just laugh at him. You just laugh at him. You simply thank God for your perfect deliverance. Amen, because you're healed. Healing already belongs to us. So how do we get to know it? By meditating in it, by thinking upon it, by muttering it to ourselves. By building it on the inside of us so that we are persuaded of it and then we act on God's word. We just act on God's word. We act like we are the healed that the word of God says we are. Amen. That's the best method. Just knowing that healing belongs to us. It's consummated in redemption and we appropriate it by simply acting on the word of God. Praise God. Now, so, don't forget what we said. Healing is always God's will for the sick. We gave seven reasons to prove that. Now, this healing that is part and parcel of the redemptive work, how can it be obtained? How can it be appropriated? We said basically two ways. By faith and by manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Faith in the word of God or faith in the power of God and manifestations of the Holy Ghost. We said those are the two cardinal ways that healing can be appropriated. Now, each of those cardinal methods, we have subdivisions under them. Then we went on to talk about the fact that God's uh, healing can be gradual, it can be instantaneous. God is in both methods. Amen. And sometimes, God initiates the healing through manifestations of the Holy Ghost, or man can initiate his own healing by acting on God's word in faith, or appropriating God's power with his own faith. Praise God. Then we also said healing is by degree based on two conditions. The degree of healing power that's administered and the degree of faith that gives action to that power. Then the two cardinal methods, we now went ahead to break them down and we looked at seven different methods by which healing can be obtained. Asking in the name of Jesus, John 14, 13 and 14. Praying to the Father for healing, John 16, 23 and 24. Agreeing with a believer in prayer, Matthew 18, 19, and 20. Deuteronomy 32, 30. Anointing with oil. James 5, 14, and 15. The laying on of hands. Mark 16, 17, and 18. 
Hebrews 6, 1 to 2. Gifts of healings. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 11, and 28 to 30. Gifts of healings. One of the ways the Holy Ghost manifests himself. It could be either as a manifestation of the Holy Ghost or as a ministry gift. Now, you see that work a lot in the office of the evangelist, but it's not limited to the evangelist. A healing ministry also goes to the prophet's office. But, and there are other ministry offices too that may have a healing ministry. Praise God. But one of the ways the Holy Ghost manifests himself is through gifts of healings. We need to know more about these things. We need to teach more about them. We need to yield more to the Holy Ghost. And we're going to see a whole lot more in this area. We have a course on manifestations of the Holy Ghost. 12 solid hours. You know, have I not, am I not giving you good reasons why you want to jump in? It's like, oh my God, can I just feel that form now? Oh, let me just feel that form now. Where's my form? I want to feel it now. What, what about my referees? Let me just get referees now. Well, I understand how you feel. Amen. Praise God. It's okay. We want you in too. Praise the Lord. And then we said the last method is by knowing and acting on the word of God. Knowing and acting on the word of God. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, Matthew 8, 17, and 1 Peter 2, 24. All right, let's go into something else. Let's go into something else. You see, the road to divine healing, hardly is it an expressway. You know, you know we like this airport road, you know, especially in the night. I used to want to see how fast I can drive. Yeah, I like speed, I do. You know, and then I'll see, well... How fast I can go. When you grow older, you, you do some of those things less anyway. You know, you don't want to know how fast I've ever driven before. I don't think you want to know. But that's an expressway. This is the deal. You see, the road to divine healing rarely is it an expressway. Rarely. Oftentimes it's filled with roadblocks, bumps, bad patches on the road that the devil puts there. To hinder people from appropriating their healing. Some of these roadblocks are born out of tradition. Some of them are born out of just plain old unbelief. Some of them from misinterpreted scriptures. Many times people have questions that the devil has put in their minds. You know? And when you get this one answered, then another one comes up. You get that one answered, then another one comes up. And just different questions. Different issues that the enemy brings to hinder people from receiving their healing. So we want to examine, we want to examine a few of these roadblocks. You know, just some of the major ones. Incidentally, we'll be looking at seven also. Is there something magical about seven? It's not. It's just, I just feel like, well, it just makes it good. Amen. One look at seven main ones, you know, that the enemy uses to hinder people from receiving healing. Now, um, remember what I said, that the best way of receiving healing is by knowing and acting on God's word. Brother Higgins said that sometimes in 1930, late 30s, 37, 38, he had a conversation with P.C. Nelson. And P.C. Nelson said something. He said, more people lose their healing over a counterattack than any other one thing. Yeah. We'll talk about that tomorrow. And then he said this. He said, Constantly feed along the lines of faith and healing. That the day will come when you will either need faith for your own healing or for the healing of a loved one. And if your faith has not been kept strong in that area, you will be at a disadvantage. I'll tell you something. Last headache I had was in August of 1986. I remember. 
I had surgery, neurosurgery. They cut my head open. You know, I had headaches, serious headaches. It was after that time I decided that, look, I'm going to get serious about God's word about healing. And I did. I used to have malaria every ever so often. I had bronchial asthma. I had born with some form of paralysis in my right hand. I had all kinds of things wrong with me. Look, I used to be so sick that sick people called me sick. And believe me, that was pretty sick. My dad walked in the hospital. My mom walked in the hospital. I was so much in the same hospital, you thought I walked there. <laughs> Are you listening to me? So I had my back against the wall. I had to learn this. And I just applied myself to it. I told myself, I said, me and this thing, we're going to wear one trouser. Somebody will defeat somebody, and I will not be defeated. So do you understand my proverb? I was telling the sickness, I will whip you. I will live without sickness. I will live without disease. That's God's will. That's God's best. It belongs to me, and I'm going to appropriate it. I'm not going to merely mentally assent to it. I'm going to experience it. Amen. Now, I haven't needed a tablet in over 20 years. I haven't needed. I haven't had. Amen. Now, if I couldn't get healed, I'm careful how I say that. Some people's faith is not in God's word. It's in throwing away their medication. See, the Bible says in Proverbs 18, 9, that he that doesn't use his endeavors to heal himself is partner to him that commits suicide. Don't be a suicide bomber. Don't kill yourself and make everybody else around you miserable because you are stupid. If you need medical help, go get it. You see, the Bible says in Hebrews eleven twenty nine that the children of Israel, that by faith they passed through the Red Sea, which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. See, sometimes somebody hears somebody's testimony and he acts on that person's testimony and he's going to fall flat on his face. Faith doesn't come by hearing testimony. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We need to build a persuasion from the word of God into our spirit. Smith Wigglesworth put it like this. He said, if you wait until you need faith and then try to get it, you're too late. F.F. Bosworth said it like this. He said, most Christians feed their bodies three hot meals a day. Their spirits one cold snack a week. And then they wonder why they're so weak in faith. Are you listening? So we need to build God's word inside us. Don't wait for sickness to come. See, there's a devotional called Faith Food. Are you listening? I got a copy in 91. I've worn out several over the years. I've used that devotional every day without fail since then. Every day. There's another one, Health Food. I got a copy in 98. It came out in 97. I got the copy in 98. That was the earliest I could lay my hands on a copy. I haven't missed it one day. And I don't do it five minutes. I spend at least 30 minutes with each of them every day. Whether the sun is shining, the sun is not shining, whether I'm busy, no matter how busy I may be, if I need to go inside the bathroom, put the shower on to stay awake, I will do it. Look, it's my life. It's not the life of my enemy. Even if it was the life of my enemy, God said I should love my enemy. But it's my own life. Amen. You see, the devil is not a good devil. He's a bad devil. And he doesn't play fair. He waits for opportune moments. You know, in real life, you don't keep boxing. Remember, our man, we are not claiming him. When we disowned him that time, we didn't know. You know, we, we, we are not kind of, he's a Nigerian because he's every champion of the world. You know, success has a million fathers. Failure is an orphan. Well, in, 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 in um, boxing bouts, you know, you don't keep punching when the opponent is down, isn't it? But listen, the life is not tournament. It's not, a, it's not that kind of, the devil will punch you. It's when you are down, he punch you. He doesn't play fair. 
So you don't want him to catch you napping. Brother Higgins said he heard P.C. Nelson say that. Get all the good books you can on faith and healing. And constantly feed along those lines. So he said every single day, no matter what he's studying around, no matter the subject he's studying, he makes sure he reads something and feeds. Not just to read, feeds, meditates on something along the lines of faith and healing every single day in addition to whatever else he's studying. Now, he said he got all the good books he could get. There was one, Wigglesworth, Ever-Increasing Faith. He didn't write it. It was from some of his sermons, 18 of his sermons that somebody took by shorthand. Man, never read a book that was in the Bible. My God. <laughs> he said he will just as soon go out without his shoes as go out without his Bible. He was a man of one book. He fed on the word constantly. A man who raised at least 23 people from the dead in his lifetime. I don't know if you've woken 23 people from sleep. <laughs> he raised 23 people from the dead. My God. Amen. Had that book, Ever Increasing Faith. Brother Higgins said from 1938 to 1943, he wore out five copies of it. He went to sleep reading it. He wore out the backs of them. He read it. He met one preacher one time. I said, what is he saying that, but I don't understand. He said, look, he's talking my language. <laughs> Amen. Now, he said, that he gave him a list of some he could get. Some may appeal to you. He said, some may not appeal to you, but those ones that appeal to you, keep them. I have a particular file in my house. It's worth a billion dollars. It's one file. A billion dollars. That's what it's worth to me. There are some materials inside that file. Some of them is a photocopy of a photocopy. I've kept them for years. Some of them, if you see them, I've read some of them like a thousand times. Over and over and over and over and over and over. Some are tearing. I will tape it and tape it. There are some things there that particularly appeal to my spirit. You know, I have books. I pay more attention to my books than I do my clothes, than I do my food. I don't play with my books. Can play with anything, not my books, not my materials, not my messages. I, I have them in alphabetical order. Yes, they are my own. There are some I don't lend out. You can come and read them in my house. It, they won't leave my house. If I have more than one copy, I can lend you one. But no, it's my life. I, I, I don't play with my life. Some play with theirs. I don't play with mine. Amen. I feed my spirit. I take heed to myself. Amen. So I study constantly, constantly, constantly. Sometimes I'm looking for a line. And the line, I know the book it is in. And I don't want to have to look for it. I want to go to the shelf and just pick it. And I can see that line. Now, there are some authors that may not appeal to you. Some may appeal to you. Some people that appeal to me may not appeal to you. You know? Some that appeal to P.C. Nelson probably didn't appeal to Brother Hagen. But there are some that, some people just talk and... They are resonating on your frequency. It appeals to you. Get those materials. Build them into your spirit. We have a generation of lazy Christians. Lazy Christians. Lazy Christians. Everything they want to do is, is just play on Facebook and just socialize to study. No. They don't want to study. And that's why they will keep calling monkey dog for them. Yes. Because they won't study. I told myself long ago, look, I have eyes. I can read. I understand English. Even if I don't understand too well, I can look for dictionary. Dictionaries are online these days. Amen. Get into the word of God. Get into the word of God. 
See, all that money some people spend on drugs, I can spend it eating goat meat. I can spend it on Ishiewu. I can spend it giving it to the, being a blessing to the cause of Christ. I don't need that. Now, if you can't get healed any other way but by medical science, go get the help. And don't feel badly about it. It's not the devil that gave man that knowledge. God did. However, listen, start building your faith. What of a day, if a day comes and doctor says, you see this one? Medical science doesn't have a clue. If all your faith has been is in medical science, then your faith is, has crashed. We have some. I'm not trying to sell books, but these are good materials, excellent materials. I have a copy of everyone here in my house. And I don't just keep them for decoration. You know, you can keep something. You can say you have books, and you're just using it to intimidate everybody about the books you have. And none of it is inside you. It's just on a shelf. And the shelf is gathering dust. I mean, I read them, read them, read them, wear them out, read them through. There's some things I've read hundreds of times. Some things I've read over 200 times. Some things I've read over 300 times. It used to take me 21 hours to read the New Testament through from beginning to end. Yes. Yes, we should apply ourselves. And I've sat down before, put my butt on that seat, said I'm not getting off this place until I'm done reading this. Yes, discipline myself. Discipline myself. You don't have to become lazy. You know, some people, they are very active until we say, let's study. Some people, they have strength for anything, energy for anything. If it's to gist, they can gist. If it's to play, they can play. Let's pray now. Ah, they are sleepy. Prayer is like William 10. No. No. You are shooting yourself in the leg. You are shooting yourself in the leg. That's why you go to churches today. You call healing line. 95% of the people come out. And you are wondering, how? How? There used to be a day when we will meet and we are just talking Bible. This person will give this scripture. The other one will say, no, look at this one. Then this one will say, look at this one. Then this one will say, look at the Greek here. Yes. But the Christians of nowadays is as if you are killing them. They don't want to hear that. And they are paying for it also. Paying for it also. I know we don't have people like that in Rhema. I know Rhema people are word people. I know they love God's word. Am I correct? I know you apply yourselves to God's word. Amen. Amen. He sent his word and healed them. And delivered them from their destructions. Praise God. Let's be word people. You see, the devil will not send you email when it's coming. He won't. Oh. He won't send you SMS. He won't tell you what's up. What's up message. He won't send you what's up. I'm, I'm coming to attack you. I'm coming to attack you. He won't tell you. In fact, he'll tell you he's not coming. So that you think he's not coming, then he will show up. So you can't, afford to, you can't afford to be caught napping. If he can kill you with headache, he will. So don't, you don't want to play. He's a mean dude. He's a mean dude. So feed your faith constantly. Feed your faith constantly. So that if he shows up, you too, you show up. Yes. You know, in school, the student who reads all the time, he's always hoping there will be impromptu tests. So that the men will be separated from the boys. Yes, now, he's hoping that the man will just say impromptu test. So that all these people that don't read their book, they will know that Organa master. Isn't it? But the ones that don't read, eh, when they hear tear, eh, that's when they will be doing crash course. That's when they will now, they will, they will now be looking for Netscape. Amen. We live in a world where the devil is God. Don't let him catch you napping. So there are these materials. We have them. 
upstairs in the bookstore. Get them. Feed on them. God's medicine. Healing belongs to us. Healing scriptures. Biblical ways to receive healing. Healing forever settled. Seven things you should know about divine healing. I love this. Healing, God's healing word. This lady had a, an inoperable brain tumor, Trina Hankins. Inoperable. Her husband, you know what he did? He spoke to it. He cursed it. They had a bouncer stay by the door. They gave the bouncer a list of names. Anybody whose name is not on that list doesn't come in. Yes. Because they don't want her to die. Yes, now. That's why some people come with sympathy. Hey, sorry. <laughs> See, there's sometimes you don't need sympathy. There's sometimes you need someone who will come in and say, you know what, get up. You know better. Stand on the word. Now, of course, you should also be compassionate on people. Don't get me wrong. But there's some people, they don't need petting. They need kicking. They need, I don't mean you should kick them literally. I mean kick them with the word. You know what to do. Act on what you know. Amen. Well, there was a bouncer there. They just played the word non-stop. Non-stop. Well, they wanted to do exploratory surgery just to take some of the tumor out and see what they can see from it. They did. They couldn't find it. That disappeared. Eh, because someone spoke to it. They said she'll never do this again. She'll never do that again. She's doing everyone. She's well. So you see, the word of God works. Avail yourself of such opportunities. We have something, healing school. It holds in... This facility, every Tuesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Then we have healing technicians, 3.30 to 4. What's healing technicians training about? A place where we teach people how to minister to the sick. That's what it's about. Avail yourself of those opportunities. Amen. God's word is medicine. Proverbs 4, 20 to 22 is medicine. Just like there's curative medicine, there's also preventive medicine. Preventive medicine will keep you from getting healed. You know, he said in Exodus 15, 26, Smith, good sweet translation, last part of that verse, he said, I, the Lord, make you immune to these diseases. Go and take your shots, your regular inoculation with the word. You see, their fear should not be our fear. Their dread should not be our dread. They shouldn't say there's this, and you two, you are shaking like a leaf. There's that. Everybody's catching it. Everybody's catching it. Brother Higgins said he was preaching in this church. Then there was an outbreak of the flu. They closed down schools. They closed down ball games. They closed them all down. And then he said in the meeting, he said, well, I'll never have the flu. The pastor walked up to him after and said, if I were you, I wouldn't say that. He said, what? He said, you said you'll never have the flu? He said, yes. The pastor said, don't you know the devil will hear you? <laughs> he shouted out loud, I said it for his benefit. He's the very dude I was talking to. I'll never have the flu. I'll never have the flu. I tell the devil all the time. He's hearing me again. I dare him. I always dare him. Why? Because he's beneath my feet. Why? Because having spoiled principalities and powers, Jesus made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says, ye have godly the children and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Listen to me. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress. My God in him do I trust. Surely he delivers me from the snare of the fowler. From the noisome pestilence, he covers me with his feathers. Under his wings I find refuge. His truth is my shield and buckler. I'm not afraid for the terror by night 
nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that wasted at noonday. A thousand may fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand. It will not come near me. Only with my eyes shall I look and behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because I've made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most time my habitation. There shall no evil befall me, neither shall any plague come near my dwelling. He has given his angels charge over me. They keep me in all my ways. In their hands they bear me up. Lest I dash my foot against the stone, I tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon I trample on the feet, because I've set my love upon him. Therefore he delivers me. He sets me on high because I've known his name. I call upon him and he answers me. He's with me in trouble. He'll deliver me and he honors me with long life. With long life. With long life. He will satisfy me and he shows me salvation. Amen. That's what the word of God says. And I'm simple enough to believe it. I'm simple enough to say it. The Bible says it. I believe it. And that settles it. Amen. He can be trusted. He's not a man that he should lie. Not the son of man that he should repent. As he said it and shall he not do it. As he spoken it and shall he not make it good. His word can be trusted. His word can be trusted. See, these days we have faith people that they only faith by mouth. God wants us to do it. Not oppress your neighbor. That you're a Rema student. No. Let's see it in your love walk. Let's see it in your life. Let's see you do the word. Their fear should not be our fear. Their dread should not be our dread. Let God's word be real. When my dad was alive, one day, came to my room. He said, do you have a tablet or... And say, I'm talking to the wrong person. You, you are never sick. You won't have it. You don't have it. You, don't, you will not have what I'm looking for. You are never sick. I've known you. I've seen you. See, he made a point on him. Eventually, he met the Lord. But you see, people are looking for reality. Reality. Amen. And you don't have to be perfect. None of us is. None of us is. It's just about God's word. Amen. I'm not bragging on me, I'm bragging on the word of God. I'm bragging on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm bragging on my matchless heavenly father. I'm bragging on the finished work of redemption. Let me tell you something. You won't hear I died young. You won't hear it. You know why? Because I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't die young. It's a decision I made long ago. I'll keep living until I'm satisfied. And when I die, it won't be sickness that kills me. I won't die in plane crash. I won't die in car accident. You say, can you be sure? Yes, I am. I just told you. I will keep living. I will live a long, a long life. Amen. Now, of course, I won't be stupid. There are some other things you should put in place. I won't say, for instance, I'm a faith man, and then I have a check, don't travel, and then I travel. That's being an idiot. Yes. I won't say, for instance, you know, I'm believing God, and I won't eat healthy. Yeah, you should eat healthy. When I clocked 40, I began to reduce my sugar intake as well as my salt intake. Why? Because I just have some sense. The outward man is perishing. When I was a much younger, my God, I used to walk. Do a lot of walking. I weighed 49 to 52 and a half kg for about 12 years, 15 years. It was I could never add weight. When I started adding weight, I loved it so much I just let it be. Because I've been trying to add weight for years. So I got so thrilled about it. Amen. But of course, I'm doing something too. I'm making sure, no, 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 no. You see, there's also the place, and I'll talk about that, when I talk about how to walk in health and how to keep your healing. So there are other things.
that we should also put in place. Do you understand? I won't hold a grudge against somebody. I won't walk in bitterness. It will affect me. It will affect my faith. It will affect my confidence. So there's a whole lot that goes in there. I see my tires are bad. I won't say, well, I'll just believe God. It's a different thing if I can't change them. If I can change them, I change them. Amen. And thank God I can. Praise God. Jesus took away our sins, not our brains. I'll tell you something. You know, Brother Hagin went for regular medical checkups. He did. He did. He did. Sometimes people will come to healing school in Rema, USA. He'll say, what are you believing God for? What is your faith up against? They say, I don't know. Then he'll send them to the hospital. Go find out what the problem is. They'll go to the hospital. They'll find out what it is. The same thing they've been trying to shadow box for three years, you know. Now they know what it is. Within one week, they believe God is gone. No, Jesus said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. So sometimes you need to know what this mountain is. If you're boxing in the ring and you're blindfolded and you don't know where the opponent is and you're just throwing punches, you could throw 500 and only one might hit him. But when you know exactly this is where he is, then you can face it squarely and decisively. Amen. One time, he was, Brother Hagin was in a meeting. His wife had told him she was feeling weak. He said to her, I said, okay, maybe you should just take some rest. Then the Lord said to him, tell your wife to go see a doctor. He said, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it later. I have a service this evening. I'll prepare for my service. The Lord said it to him second time. Said to him third time. Fourth time around was the audible authoritative voice of the Holy Ghost. Tell your wife to go see a doctor. Do it now. It's critical. Well, he called her up. He said, well, you need to see a doctor. He said, uh, but I'm tired. He said, look, there's something urgent about it. Well, she got to the doctor. The doctor said if she had come 10 minutes after she did, she would have died. She had hypoglycemia. Now, if she had, she would have gone into a coma. They would have done the exact thing that would have killed her because they wouldn't have known. They would have think it was a diabetic coma. Whereas it was the opposite. She would have died. Amen. One time, she had a goiter. She wasn't in the place she could believe God for her healing. He knew that she would die. She goes to get operated on for that goiter. She began to have choking spells. One day, he got to praying about it and Jesus suddenly shows up and appears to him and said, yes, tell your wife to go for the surgery and have the goiter removed. Yes, it's true she was going to die, but she will live and not die because you believed me and took me at my word. That's the essence of what the Lord told him. Now, you'll have wondered if Jesus could have appeared. Why didn't he just say, tell your wife she's healed? He said, tell her to go for the surgery. One time, his sister, Olita, she had a cancer. She was going to die. She was 53. This was 1963, 50, 52, thereabout. And then he got to praying, and Jesus said to him, all right, between what I and the doctors will do, she will have five more years. Are you listening to me? Craig had a tumor, a brain tumor, January 1983. Craig Hagen. He called his dad, January 25. He, uh, you know, he shouted on the intercom. His dad rushed there, took him to City of Faith. They saw it was a tumor the size of a man's fist impinging on his brain stem. It was critical. If he just hit his head with a little force on a pillow, it would kill him. Yeah. Pastor Hagen called his own dad. Brother Hagen, he said, look, this is the situation. Brother Hagen told him, go ahead and pray for him in faith. You may get an instantaneous miracle and you may not. If you don't get an instantaneous miracle, resort to the second line of defense. Take him for surgery. Well, he prayed. He didn't get an instantaneous miracle. So they took him for surgery. The neurosurgeon that did that surgery was a believer, spirit field. 
There was a nurse who was in that room who had been having a back pain for years and had been believing God for the healing. They said the power of God surgery lasted about 12 hours. They said God's presence was so strong in that place. The nurse said she felt the power of God surge through her back and she got healed while standing and doing surgery. They said it was perfect textbook surgery. They removed it, but there was a leap of it they couldn't get out because if they took more of it out, they would have taken some of his brain out. And then because of his age then, they said the skull bone could never heal up. They thanked them for their help. And then he continued to believe God. Well, God in the university wanted to play football, you know, you know, football. They use hand for, I'm talking about American football, not football, not soccer. And so he had to do a CT scan. They did. You know what had happened? The leap of the tumor had vanished. The skull that couldn't heal up had healed up 100%. Did they get a miracle? They did. Do you see that? The Bible says, besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance. Knowledge there, one translation calls it intelligent spirituality. See, God doesn't want us to be idiots. Some people behave like they're idiots with their faith. Someone told Charles Caps one time, he said, since I got a hold of faith, I stopped using fertilizer on my farm. I mean, that's how to be an idiot. Using faith doesn't mean you shouldn't use fertilizer. Now, what's the point I'm making? That, look, if you need medical help, get it. Don't feel condemned about it. Don't act on somebody else's faith. Don't be prideful. If you need the help, get it. I'm careful about what I say. You know why? I had my teeth cut on this thing. I started reading Kenneth Hagin books December 1982. That's when I started reading Kenneth Hagin books. All my life as a Christian, this is what I've read. This is what I've fed on. I didn't have a time I got into unbelief and then I needed to get out. This message is what I've been on for long, for long. So naturally, I started the journey a little earlier than most people did, and I'm grateful to God for helping me. And that's why I want young people to get a hold of this early too. Amen. It'll make a difference in your life. It'll make a difference in your walk. It'll make a difference in your future. Praise God. But then, someone now hears that, that I said that, and now the doctor says they have cancer, they need to be operated on, and that it's critical. If they don't operate on it within three months, they'll be dead. This is the same person that didn't believe God when they had a sprain in their ankle. This is the same person that didn't believe God when they had tummy ache. This is the same person that didn't believe God when they had a headache. The, surge, the doctor says, look, we need to operate on this thing right away. And then they come and tell you, look, pastor, I believe God. With God, all things are possible. And then it's not their faith that is talking, it's their fear. It's the fear of a knife. It's the fear of what could happen. Yeah. And people have stupidly lost their lives over some of these things. See, faith works. But there's such a thing as foolishness. And there's also presumption. And they are not faith. Hopefully, we'll be able to see more of those so we have a balance in these areas. February 1959, Brother Higgins was in El Paso, Texas. And then something happened. One, he was preaching one evening. He fell, broke his arm. Actually, the, the bone came out. It was sticking out. His right arm. Uh, a nurse, they had to stick it back in. Then they took him to the hospital. They did. He was admitted. He was. They put the hand on inside POP. Yes. He carried a sling in his hand. Yes, he did. Yes. I'm telling you that. It happened. Kenneth Erwin Higgins. Yes, it happened. February 1959, El Paso, Texas. Now, and this is what happened. He disobeyed God. God has, had called him as a prophet and a teacher. He made himself to be a teacher and a prophet. And he began to neglect his prophet's ministry. 
and he wasn't yielding to it. And then he was open to the devil. Jesus told him, he said, you had better be glad I allowed it to happen. At least now I got your attention. I didn't do it, the devil did it. Well, you better be glad I allowed it. If you had continued that way, you would have died young. You would have. Amen. Then Jesus told him something. The doctor said it would take three weeks at least for it to heal up. He said, you know what? I'm going to heal you faster. In 14 days, you'll be perfect. It will be, well, don't let me say perfect, 99% healed. You know, in 14 days. But I will let you carry that slingshot for those two weeks. Yes. You know? And then the Lord told him, now that wasn't God's best, but it sure beat losing his hand or dying young. It was because he got in disobedience. And then anytime he starts neglecting his prophet's ministry, that arm starts giving him trouble again. Yeah, because he was prone to neglect it. He loved to teach. He got healed teaching. Amen. You know, sometimes we disobey God. It's not until you rob a bank or sleep with someone else's wife. Sometimes not ministering the way God wants you to minister is disobedience. And you can get into trouble with him. One time, you know, someone walked up to him and said, wow, what if we start morning services? And have full schedule of services. That was in Raymond. He thought about it and was thinking about the thought. Then he went to the bathroom, went to pee, and he started passing blood. Yeah. And then he said, Lord, what's going on? Lord told you, I said, you must never entertain the thought. Don't think about pastoring again. Don't think, think, think. I didn't even say don't pastor. Don't ever even think about it. He was thinking about it. <laughs> he opened the door to the devil. So we'll look at some of that when we talk about how to keep your healing. But you see, I said all that just to tell you, get good books. Feed on them constantly. Have good friends. Friends that will encourage you to study. Friends that will ask you, what are you reading? Friends that will gist about the things of God. Friends that the things of God mean a lot to them. Get those kind of friends. Not the friends that will ask you, ah, have you bought this one? Ah, this is the latest style that is raining. It's not like it's not good to look good. It's good. But look, not at the expense of spiritual things. Let's put spiritual things first. So, healing school, avail yourself of the opportunity. Remember, we'll be ministering to the sick tomorrow. Now, if you, those who hear are those who will receive most easily. Amen. And then don't forget what I said to do. Just keep the switch of faith turned on. Keep saying it. Hands will be laid on me tomorrow. The power of God will come on me and I will be healed. So, tomorrow we'll look at roadblocks to healing and we'll also look at how to keep your healing and walk in health. And we'll talk both spiritual truths and some practical applications. Have a nice night's rest. Praise the Lord. For more information and inquiries, please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163.